can't really play free and, and play really well if you don't know what you're doing. So that's the, that's the goal is just to master the offense by the time training camp comes around. Welcome to Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, with Brian Sexton, John Osher, Ashlyn Sullivan, and J.P. Shadrick. Jaguars Reporters, presented by TIAA Bank, starts right now. Welcome into Jaguars Reporters. Today is Monday, June 14th. J.P. Shadrick, Ashlyn Sullivan, John Osher, and Bucky Brooks in the flesh. That's right. Hello, Bucky. Welcome. That's right. In in the building, I get a chance to be one of the reporters. I'm officially got my little shirt on. I see the Jaguar head logo. Logo matters to me. Yes, it does. We've talked to Bucky for like a year and a half, and we've never met him in person. (laughs) He walked in. I was like, wait a minute. Bucky's here today. I knew it was coming, but this is pretty cool, John, to have him here. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's it's fine. I I knew Bucky from 1996, so it's – I would probably err on the side of, hey, Buck, how you doing, rather than having a party. But I'm good with it. I'm wow. good. All right. And okay. there we have it. Well, we can roll that red carpet right back up, Bucky. Don't need that anymore. I never I never get this kind of reception. I'm there every day. So, yeah, that's fine. That's Always correct. make over the new guy. There's a reason hurt. for that, John. There's a reason you don't get that every day. Yeah. That's how it works. I'm sure there is. Uh, here's what's going on this week. Mandatory minicamp. Underway, and it started today, and it ends tomorrow. They've taken a day off the schedule, trimmed it up a little bit, and, you know, they've been, they've really been doing a lot of work in the OTA period, so, you know, trim off a day at the end. They got a lot of work in today, Ashlyn, and, you know, throw them a bone, get them out of here a day early. Yeah, we've seen in the past couple of years where it's either the end of training camp or the end of OTAs where they'll have bowling day or team bonding day. I think Coach Meyer and the coaching staff understands, let's just get these guys out of here to their families. That's what they want to do. It's been a, it's been a long couple of weeks, and I think they earn it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, th- I think they have really been going at it. And I think right now when we've seen the things around the league where we've seen some of the injuries and things pop up, I think the number one goal is to get everyone to training camp. You want to get everyone to training camp, everyone healthy, ready to go, so you can attack that part of the preseason. And then the goal after that is to see if we can get everybody to the regular season ready to rock. I think it sends a good message, too. They had almost 100% participation in OTAs. If you hadn't had that level of participation, then you make sure that they work all three days of minicamp. You had huge participation, so you should have gotten what you needed to do done. And I, I would think it's a message to the players of, hey, Show up for everything, and I'll throw you a bone back. And Houston canceled the whole mini camp altogether because of the <laughs> participation. Bucky, what in the world? I mean, we're we're saying that like it's, it's funny because the conversation at the beginning of the off season was, "Oh, are we can get these guys to show up and participate," and then we get them there, and everyone's like, "Oh no, everyone go home." And so I think it's just part of the off season headlines where it's much ado about nothing. I have a question though uh, for the scout. Okay, go ahead, John. Are we seeing? Are we seeing? Uh, are the players sort of winning this a little bit overall? Meaning, yeah, you, know, you cancel the mini camps because you showed up for OTAs. Uh, other teams are sort of some teams are not having anything. Are we going to go back to where every team considers it absolutely vital that you have all thirteen at any point, or? Are we going to see a gradual ebbing of maybe this isn't as important as we once thought? I think we'll see probably modifications continue. I think we'll see some of the stuff that you guys have talked about seeing. 
the individual work, the skill development work, maybe not the competitive periods. So you see the guys work on their individual drills. They work on things to become better players. They'll do small group work. They'll do more walk-through, run-through stuff as opposed to the 707, 9-on-7, 11-on-11 competitive things that we're used to seeing in some of these uh, off-seasons. Yeah, it's it's been hard to kind of – take headlines from these practices and we talk about there's no winner or loser i'm not gonna lie today i was like i mean i don't even know what to write down (laughs) (laughs) okay they 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 worked out today is what they did uh yeah i mean it's fine but i think urban feels that way too i mean it's he's new to this he's just fresh into this he's always dealt with college and he's made several allusions to no winner or loser i you know it will be interesting to see what he tries to get out of next year's considering what he learned about this, because he kept going back to that no winner or loser thing. You know, I, I'm not sure that he loves being on the field if there's no winner or loser. So you wonder how he'll adjust next year to trying to get the most out of it. As we said on uh, the huddle up pod last week, uh, he'll make up for it. Come training camp. Time, oh, trust, There'll be trust plenty me. of plenty of points to have winners and losers. Yeah, no, it, it, is, it is funny because for him, I guess the off-season OTA program would be like spring ball. But the problem is in college, the spring ball is with pads. Mm-hmm. You're going, you're building up to a spring game, and now you don't have that. And in the pros, you're trying to preserve your players, you're trying to develop them, you don't want to have injuries, particularly the coaches won't admit this, but they hear what's going on around the league. No one wants any of that to happen to one of the players that you're counting on. Definitely not. One of our other big points this week, Trevor Lawrence, well, last week in organized team activities, came up with a hamstring issue. Didn't do a lot today, Ashwin. We did hear from him after mm-hmm. practice, though. He says, and Urban Meyer said that if it was a game week, he would play all that. Well, it's not a game week. It's June 14th. So Trevor, just kind of stand back there out of the <laughs> way and uh, enjoy the ice pack, right? I mean, that's a yeah. It seems like he's got his head on straight. Everything's still going well above the shoulders for Trevor, and the offense is coming along. It's kind of what you expect to hear this time of year, though, I would think. Yeah, and I liked how he was honest, that it, it's frustrating. He'd like to be out there doing his thing, but he doesn't need to be. We know what he is. We've seen what he can do. A hamstring, we've seen it around here with Leonard Fournette. That can be such a nagging injury, and that's the last thing you want right now. We won't see him on the field tomorrow. I think he'll be great for training camp, but – I totally see why there is no reason to risk it, even if it's a 2% risk. No, I, I think, look, he's really ahead of schedule based on what we thought was going to happen prior to the draft with the, mm-hmm. the arm and the shoulder and, and, and going through that surgery and those things. We were actually able to see him throw the ball around and do some of that stuff. So no more goal is to get Trevor ready to go to kind of see where he is and how far they can go in terms of the depth of the playbook before he's ready to play in week one. That, that's ultimately what training camp is about. Training camp is about getting Trevor Lawrence ready to play and ready to have a successful week one and first quarter of the season. Remember to subscribe to the official Jaguars Podcast Network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcast. Give us five stars and your comments. We move now to big things for this Monday, June 14th. Ashlyn Sullivan, get us going. Yeah, so I have had the privilege of helping out the social media department during OTA, so I'm out there every morning. Well done, by the way. Thank you very much. I'm out there stalking these guys with my cell phone as they walk around. Probably the wrong term, but it's okay. It's true. It's, I feel a little creepy at times. I walk right <laughs> up to them like, please talk to me. Please say something. <laughs> but I've noticed that Jordan Smith, who was drafted, he was 
at Florida, had some bumps along the road, and, and there were a lot of questions around this guy. And I've noticed that every single day, it has almost every day, been Urban Meyer and Jordan Smith walking out to practice together. And I've noticed that he's really heavily tended to during practice, any member of the coaching staff. So I think this is a guy that, that we need to keep our eyes on. And I knew that there was a lot of publicity around him at the draft. And now I'm thinking more so he's going to have an even bigger role if this coaching staff is – Paying this much attention to him. Bucky, 6'7", 250. Oh, yeah. So he walks on the field. It's like, who is that guy? Yeah, I mean, he he's stands just out. long and tall. and look, He looks to part. And I, I think if you think about him and you hear Urban's words over and over again, he talks about being bigger, faster, stronger. Bigger, faster, stronger. Bigger, faster, stronger version of themselves as team, as athletes, as players. And what we're going to see is ideally a team that is full of heavyweights. Big guys that can kind of knock you around at the line of scrimmage, that can move bodies and, and, and do those things. And I think he's one of the guys that will be a major contributor at some point. I don't think it's uh, a coincidence that all of these guys that came in were really heavily decorated uh, recruits in high school, <laughs> sure. big programs, yeah. power five programs, played big time football. Um, I think that's his sweet spot, and, and I think it is playing out because the team that I saw walking on the field was a bigger, stronger team than we've seen. John, John, John Osher's dog is barking in the background. I love it, though. You know, we've had dogs as part of podcasts before, uh, my, Bucky. Hey, hey, my, my dog, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, yeah. Sun, Sunday makes an appearance. She, she knows. She looks up. She's like, oh, you got your Jaguar stuff on? Well, let me make sure that. I get recognized, <laughs> and I'm in the credits. It's so. my time to shine. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, I'll move on to uh, my big thing next. And, you know, we kind of talked on this earlier. They've dialed back this week's work a little bit, cut off some time on Monday and Tuesday, and canceled Wednesday. But some teams are canceling the week altogether. You know, and that's, as we talked about earlier, it seems like, that might be the trend moving ahead here for a lot of these teams. Good, yeah, bad, or indifferent is what it is. You know, I, I, I think it's a different way of going about it. Like, players spoke up prior to the offseason. Coaches had to negotiate terms with some of the veteran players to get guys to come in for OTAs and workouts. And so we've seen a very different offseason. We've talked about the one-on-one and the individual um, practices in terms of teams focusing on developing the fundamentals within those small position groups rather than really have these competitive team periods that we're accustomed to seeing. Mm-hmm. So, Ashton, when you talk about not having any notes, it's really hard to write <laughs> notes <laughs> on anybody when everyone is just going through footwork and uh, hand placement drills and those things. And so hopefully the, co- the competition will ramp up when we get to training camp. But this has been very much a um, developmental-type atmosphere around the league that we're seeing. Yeah, I think we saw a glimpse of the biggest competition we've seen so far, and that was at Kicker today. Yeah, right? <laughs> and yeah. it was something we honestly didn't really expect. It was Josh Lambeau and Rosas going at it, and, and Urban Meyer said, yeah, this is a competition, and we're going to get an answer here. That that was it. That, that was, was the competition. the news of the day. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Rosas hit a couple bombs from 57 today, too. He did. So he had a good day. That's good for him. Uh, Bucky, you know, it, your big thing here, it's – you mentioned all this and developmental things. Well, for a young team, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. So my big thing was young guys getting up to speed. We saw it last year, so many young guys on the field, so many guys playing around trying to learn how to play. Um, I mean, I, I look at the number of coaches 
that are on the staff and the number of bodies and people with hats and polos and stuff on the field. I mean, like skill development is a big thing. And normally we think about skill development in in the NBA where you have these skill development coaches working on teaching guys how to play. Well, now we're seeing that play out with the nature of the offseason, the, the amount of individual attention that these guys are getting. The coach-to-player ratio is very favorable. Mm-hmm. It's shrunk dramatically. And so guys are having a lot of attention paid to them in terms of developing their games. And so we'll see if you can develop the players individually and get them to play together collectively, maybe we'll see better results on the field. But this is a very, very unique situation with such a young team. But um, I'll kind of – equated to when Trent Baalke was in San Francisco and Jim Harbaugh came in and they didn't have an offseason. Harbaugh was coming straight from the college game and the San Francisco 49ers hit the ground running because it was a very similar approach. Maybe just maybe the Jaguars hit the ground running because they are taking more of a collegiate approach to the way that they're practicing and developing their players. A lot of those young guys are going to have to contribute pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. And it's guys you had your eyes on last year that you said they really need an off season this year. The Caleb on chase sure. and the LaVisca yeah. Chenaults. And those are guys we're, we're seeing shine right now. It, it's really vital that those guys have a great off season. That's it for big things today and single game tickets for the 2021 season are on sale now. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000. A team of representatives is ready to help you get back in the bank in 2021. Time for Did You Hear This? Trevor Lawrence, Jaguars quarterback, speaking after practice Monday, adjusting to the speed of the NFL game. Um, Obviously, I still have a lot to learn and just the more you practice something, the better you get at it. So still got to get a lot of reps. You know, me, the receivers, the O-line, just all the timing and meshing with all that. We still got some work to do, but from a knowledge and just memorization and mental standpoint, I feel really good with the system. Um, I think it's great. We got a lot of answers. And now it's just working out all the little details to be a really good offense, and, and we're working towards that. I want to have you know complete control and, and know everything and – be comfortable. I mean, you can't really play, play free and, and play really well if you don't know what you're doing. So that's the, that's the goal is just to master the offense by the time training camp comes around. So in training camp, we really can focus everything forward on being the best team we can come August 14th and then going on into the regular season as well. So that's the plan. And it starts with the quarterback. Obviously, I have to be ready and I'm going to do everything I can to ensure that that, that is the case. So I'm, I'm excited to get started and uh, we've, I think we've had a great past three weeks, and it's been, it's been really good work. All right. Obviously, it's a, a different speed game. It's June. It's not full speed right now. But even at this moment, Bucky, the windows are a little tighter for Trevor and the quarterbacks. Yeah, the windows are tighter, and the speed will continue to adjust. And what Trevor and all the young guys will find out, the speed goes because you have what he's figuring out now is off-season speed. And then when you get into the preseason games, preseason is played at a certain speed. The regular season is much faster than that. And then when you get into the postseason tournament, it gets faster each and every round. And so he's going to have to adjust to the windows being tighter. And what is open in the pros is vastly different than what's open in college. The windows and the confidence in which you have to have to throw the ball into these tight windows, a premium will be placed on his accuracy. And he has to be very, very comfortable letting it go when it doesn't look like a guy is necessarily open. Mm-hmm. We're already seeing that pressure in the few red zone periods that we've got to witness. The, the offense struggled oh, a yeah. couple of days, and it sure. looked like the defense won the day, and every single quarterback struggled at times. And that's what you expect right now. They're still trying to get that timing down. 
That's Did You Hear This from quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Now time for Everyone Asks. And, Bucky, this is a segment of the program where, yes, everyone asks a question. Very good. And, yes, we all answer said question. (laughs) Ashlyn, why don't you kick us off? I always like to throw a little spin on these. So, summer break is approaching. Summer vacation. Let's just all say we're going to the Bahamas. You can pick any coach. Any teammate, any staff member, hmm. only two of you, you can, you and your guests can go. Who are you picking to go to the Bahamas with you? I, I, you know what? I'm going to pick Brandon Linder because nice. the fishing boats oh. and uh, you'll have some fun on the water. He mm-hmm. would provide them, I'm sure. It would be, it would be an epic trip because the boats would be filled with fresh fish on the daily and you'd probably just ride over there on the boat too. You would have to fly or anything. <laughs> Wow. Sure. So that's probably my pick right I off like the top it. of my head. I mean, I, I like that. Well, I'm going to go, and th- this is going to be like the, the corny stock answer, but I'm going to go with Urban Meyer. And the reason why I'm going to go on Urban Meyer, because normally when you go on vacation, you read a book. So I'm thinking now I can just get book on tape by talking to Urban Meyer mm-hmm. the entire time. I can get above the line. He can just, every day, he can just kind of recite a couple chapters to me out of the book. And I, I, look, I'm, I'm there. I'm being knowledgeable. I'm going to understand exactly how to change the culture of whatever it is I'm trying to change. Is that a vacation, though? I mean, you said to your advantage. For me. And he might for be me. fun. That's, that's what I like. Books. I I'm saw him. I'm going to read that. I'm going to just have him yeah. just sit over there and, and spit it. Like, I'm not going to be running around. Four to six A to B, like he wants me to <laughs> trying to go and get fruity drinks, but he can he can educate me on some of the other stuff, the other process. I saw uh, that Shelly Meyer, his wife on Twitter, posted a, a picture of him in a flamingo button down shirt on vacation. So he might be way more fun than we see, think. I bet he is. I'm just saying. We uh, heard your dog make a, an appearance a moment <laughs> ago. What um what was your answer to Ashlyn's question about? What was it? Uh, You're going to the Bahamas, a, John. Who are you bringing? Oh, if, if I'm going to the Bahamas? Yep. Yeah, a player or a coach? Oh, oh I was going to say, uh, my wife, first of all. No, nope, uh, she doesn't if count. If I'm taking a coach, prop, I mean, if I'm taking a player or a coach, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, um, can I take Trevor? Yeah, you can take Trevor. Sure. Can I take, I, I want to take the newlyweds. I, I want to see if those two are as happy and perfect <laughs> oh my God. as they think. I, I just want to see if, if they're really as on top of the world <laughs> as I think they are. It's almost voyeuristic. I, I think, yeah, it's too much info there. PG-13 over here. podcast took a turn. No, I mean, everything's beautiful. Everything's perfect in their lives. I just kind of want to see if that's for real. Okay, well. Bachelor, Bachelor Red over there's, there. There's John's <laughs> answer. And there you have it. What folks. a question. <laughs> I we didn't expect that one. Bucky, wow. we've got to follow that. I, I mean, yeah, Ashton brings a vacation question. I got all this football question. Like, I just want to know what. <laughs> this is a football what we, podcast. What do, we, what do we think Joe Cullen's defense is going to look like? That was my question. <laughs> like, talking about vacation and, and trees. Yeah. And I got John talking about couples and stuff yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> It's something else. So, uh, what does Joe Collins' defense yeah, look like? like? I think it looks like whatever it needs to look like that week. I think it'll be adjustable to the opponent, and they'll be able to, you know, scheme it up each week. That whatever the matchup works well, right? If you have a running team, run more 
four-man front, right, and stop the run. If you need to pass rush and do some other things, you can adjust that way. You'll see blitzing from all over the place, I think. Now, the balance is how do you do all that without overloading these guys, especially the younger guys. So that's what it's going to look like. And it's all going to look new. I mean, there's so many new guys. It's like there's, you know, four-fifths of the secondary is brand new. It's funny. Um, I would say quickly in looking at it, uh, I saw Rex Ryan's defense all over in my mind. Like I know he has Bob Sutton kind of walking around, hanging out, helping him or whatever. I know he comes from Baltimore. The base of that defense has always had Rex Ryan elements in those things. And you can see the creativity with all the guys standing up and moving around, the overload. It appeared pressures, but a lot of simulated pressures where it's a four-man rush and seven guys. Uh, with all those young guys and all those, I would call it the bigger, faster, stronger bodies out there, it's very intriguing. Now, if they can execute it, that's one thing. But right now, it's very intriguing to kind of watch from afar as they're kind of going through it. Hmm. What do you think, Ashley? Yeah, I think it was notable when he mentioned Caleb on Chase on Laurente McCray, Leon Jacobs at that Sam position. Yeah. He just – Flat out said it. We've always appreciated Urban's honesty so far, and he just kind of just tells us exactly what it's going to look like. So you're right. You see that creativity, and then for him to explain and say, yes, Caleb on Chase on is going to be here, it makes a lot of sense, John. Yeah, I think it's going to look a lot like the Ravens' defense. I think what will be intriguing is to see how Joe Cullen take his personnel, which is not the same as the Ravens, because the, the hallmark of the Ravens' defense to me has always been using all these guys' strength in a different ways and uh, catering to what the players do well. Uh, it's different personnel. So what does Josh Allen do? Uh, I, I think the most intriguing thing about this defense to me is how Miles Jack is going to be used. My understanding is this staff thinks he's going to be an absolute star in this defense and is going to be able to uh, be used a lot of different ways. Uh, how he is used – it would be interesting to see if this sort of becomes Miles Jack's defense, if you guys follow me. Yeah, Meaning, yeah. like when you're talking about these guys on TV, if the commentators are saying, look how they're using this guy, uh, they might unlock his potential to a degree it's never been unlocked before. There you have it. Uh, John, while you're at it, why don't you give us your everyone asks question today? It's been kind of weird because, you know, Minshew, the one day we were there, he wasn't there. So we wound up watching uh, – you know, C.J. Beathard a lot. Uh, have we learned anything about this quarterback position? It, to me, it's been a really weird OTAs back because of Trevor's injury. I, mm-hmm. uh, I know it's better, but I haven't really even seen much. Of, I haven't seen enough of Trevor to have any idea what I'm looking for in training camp. Uh, JP, do we know any more than we did three weeks ago? Well, we know that that one day in the red zone, Ashlyn, you referred to it earlier that. He didn't have the best of days that day. The defense was tight in the red zone and all that. But there has not been enough of a sample size for us to see, at least with our own eyes. And we've only been out there four days uh, in four weeks, right? Out of, what, ten practices, nine probably on the field, ten including today. That's not a lot of time to see trends. And if a guy is uh, stepping up one day after he struggled the next and how he learned from it and all that. So I think we trust that things are better in the quarterback room. But, yeah, we we just haven't seen anything to really uh, validate it yet. I'm still confident, John, that it is better. (laughs) 
Yeah. You know? Now, in the, in the backup situation, was, too. I, I'll throw it over to Bucky. Right. Uh, the, the backup Go situation, ahead. too, is still, for me, unclear. Like, who I is going to be clear, the guy? But I don't know if we like the answer. I think Gardner Minshew has had a much better offseason than C.J. Beathard. I think he right. looks, if you were to not know the backstory of anything, I would think Gardner Minshew looks like your backup quarterback. Now, I don't know if they want that. But when you're just looking at the level of play on the field, Minshew, I think, had had a better offseason than Beathard. No, I, th- I think it's interesting because there's huge question marks at the QB2 spot. Like with Garner Minshew, with C.J. Beathard, both those guys have played in NFL games, they've played in action, and I think they both have left a lot to be desired at times. Now, when you're Urban Meyer coming in and you're Darrell Belville and Brian Schottenheimer, the quarter- backup quarterback is a position of trust because you don't get a lot of reps in practice. A lot of it has to be mental reps and those things that you fill in. So who do you trust the most of those options? That's something we'll figure out really, really quickly in the preseason. But it is interesting, the Minshew-Bether debate and conversation at QB2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's why I threw it out there. I, I, I Gardner Minshew, his experience, all of that lends to an argument that he'd be the backup. But I'm with Bucky. You know, it, it, uh, It's a position to trust. It's a position where they know what this guy is in the meeting rooms, meaning, uh, meaning Bethard. I asked the question because I think it's, it's fascinating that it's going to open training camp where we're sort of trying to figure out how good uh, Trevor is starting off in this offense because we really haven't seen it yet, uh, how much he's learned. We really haven't seen a whole lot of practice out of him, so we're watching that. And then uh, what the backup situation is going to be, it, it, it's – it's a weirder quarterback situation going into training camp. And I don't know if weird is the right word, but it just feels like we know less than I thought we would. So I think it makes for in it for a very fascinating three or four weeks of camp. Final everyone asks question today. And uh, here's mine. What newcomer are you most excited to see in the first preseason game besides Trevor Lawrence? Of course, I think we use that. Uh, caveat with most every topic these days because the answer is usually Trevor Lawrence. Ashlyn, who do you like? I have a tie between two, but I'm going to... It's between Shaquille Griffin and Jihad Ward. Both of these guys have stood out, I think, big time during the offseason. Jihad Ward is a guy that you watch him with the defensive line, and he has seemed to mesh so quickly with this group. And he was a little intense at first when we met him. Almost, I'm going to say it, like a... Yannick Ngakwe type. some of that to him. Yeah, yeah sure. but then you watch him on the practice field, and he's like this big, goofy guy that's having the time of his life out there. So I'm curious to see what his impact is. And then Shaquille Griffin is just a walking soundbite and the leader of this this mm-hmm. defense, the secondary. He is exactly what they needed. So I, I'm excited to see both of them. Uh, you can get away with calling him goofy. Uh, all the rest of us I don't think could do Why? that. Why? He is. <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't know. I don't know if I can say, hey, goofy guy. I don't know if I got that. I'll try it out on report back. I don't want to do that. I don't know. I don't know if he'll respond. Goofy guy. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he'll respond. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think Osher Osher will take care of this. But I'm I'm gonna talk about the elephant in the room. Tim Tebow. Okay. Like we got. Come on. I gotta see. I gotta see what number eighty five is going to look like. I gotta see if he's going to be the preseason darling. Like, if if I want to see if he's going to put points on the board. If he's going to be a guy that legitimately has an opportunity to not only make a roster, but maybe be a contributor. So I I just kind of want to see how that plays out in real time. We had a chance to see him catch some balls. Mm -hmm. Today he catches 
the ball fairly well. He's more of a body catcher now, not necessarily a natural hands catcher. But the big thing will be his physicality and his aggressiveness. And we won't be able to assess that until we put the big boy pads on and we have some live contact. We get in games and we see if Tim Tebow can make the transition from being a quarterback to being a, a position player, a tight end, H-back, or whatever it is they're going to use. Him There's about. only one way to find out. That's and right. We're going to put him right in. We're going to throw him right in we'll there. We'll be there. And There's that might even is. hold until the first preseason game. I mean, we'll watch it in training camp. But I think that's going to be the storyline of the first preseason game is when he's on the field, uh, that's when it's live. That's when whatever they're planning for him. Uh, you know, I, I think that's the interesting part. If they're planning to use him in unusual ways, do you even see it in preseason? But he's got to play in the preseason to show he belongs. So it, that's a little bit of a weird dynamic because I just personally believe that if he was going to be on the team, there's going to be elements where they use his skill set. But do you want to show that against right. you yeah. know, Good point. your week one preseason opponent? I don't know. So, uh, but yeah, that I agree with Bucky there. As far as mine, I, I'll say Travis Etienne because I would package that with LaVisca Chenault. He's not a newcomer, but I want to see how they're going to use those guys. I think that's uh, one of the key stories of the offense is this H-back that Urban keeps talking about. They use it one way in college, but it stands to reason that it will be used differently in the NFL, just like uh, Trevor Lawrence will play differently in the NFL in terms of running when he was in college. So how they use that, how they try to translate that position uh, Travis Etienne with a nod to LaVisca Chenault, who's not a newcomer, so he doesn't fit the question. I am going to go with a couple of blockers. All right. Walker Little. Ooh. And Chris Manhurts. Tied oh, in. Yeah. Nice. Is this going to be this, uh, you know, what, what can Little do? I mean, we've seen him move, and that's about it. He's got the big body and all that. And in preseason game one, he should have some significant playing time in that game, second half most likely. And then um, for Manhurts, can he be that run-blocking tight end that was advertised? I just want to see him push some people around. I know that's really not the most exciting two no, picks I mean, in I like, the world, like, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. Run different the avenue. There's nothing wrong with seeing if people can move the furniture around. I'm that's, okay with that's that. That's the whole idea <laughs> of the preseason. Yeah, right? so we get a chance to see. I mean, Little is a massive – I mean, a massive human being. You saw him today. I mean, he's Big dude. huge. Stanford grad, by the way. Right. Graduated this weekend. How about yeah. that? Shout huge. out to so, him. So, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. I'm okay, like, in the trenches. That's what the game is I think like. Manhurts is interesting, too, because how's he going to block? But he's also looked more capable, more agile as a receiver than I think a lot of people expected. So, Manhurts is definitely a good choice. You know, how's he going to fit into the offense? Will they be a little better at tight end than maybe observers are believing because of some of the things he can do in addition to blocking? So uh, I kind of have a feeling that he'll catch more passes in this offense than people believe. That's it for Everyone Asks today, and that's it for Jaguars reporters. Bucky Brooks on for the first time with us on this Reporters yeah. Podcast. Thank you for your time. We're going to wear you out this week. We no, I'm, all ready. Ready. I'm all right. I'm official. I got the logo on, so, so I'm ready. Own it. I'm ready to make, yeah. Own it. Make sure. I don't, want, I don't want everyone yelling at me because I got the logo on. I'm not up to the line. I'm not there you go. Above the line. Above not up the to line. the line. We're going above the line. <laughs> I need everything. Plus two. Plus two mentality. Four to six, A to B. A to B. Above the line. Bucky Brooks. That's uh, John Osier, Ashlyn Sullivan. 
And I'm J.P. Shadrick. We will catch you next time as Jaguars reporters on the Jaguars official podcast network.